0: Brothers and sisters, we'd like to welcome you to the After Podcast. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Here we go. Do, do, do do to
0: do 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 We got it Welcome welcome, boys and girls We are back Indeed Yes and it's just Drew and I You say that like you're disappointed Oh I'm a little (laughs) A little disappointed Yeah (sighs) I hope everything's going well Thank you guys for your support of this podcast yeah thank you very much
1: love the support that we're we're getting from you folks out there in the social media platforms in the social media platforms do we just lose some followers because of <laughs> the phrasing that's kind of weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and uh we are getting better technology slowly but surely mm-hmm. as you can see we just uh figured out how to uh patch in audio Yes. Although we did that with uh We Rodney. did that with uh Rodney, yeah.
1: Yeah. You trying to think of his rapper name, the Ford nine five. Ford nine five Or is it Ford f- Ford? No, nine four nine five. nine five. Not Ford five nine. <laughs> Sorry, Rodney.
0: Five nine Ford crap. <laughs> <laughs> check out that episode and check out his music. It's really good. Definitely. Really good episode. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, what do you want to talk about today? What's uh,
1: what's the plan? Oh man, so I I wanted to bring this up. Right, cuz as many of you if you uh surf any amount of time on social media uh or you have like a Google News feed, you've more than likely have seen this individual uh that is running as a candidate next what in 2020. Yeah. Uh Mr. Andrew Yang. And he's brought up an interesting principle. This has been around for a long time. Um, People have proposed this in different countries, different governments. Uh, I was thinking, what would be the After Church's podcast opinion on uh, UBI? Or otherwise known as universal basic income. And just everything in general floating around that topic.
0: Mm, So... I actually discovered Andrew Yang also and uh he's a democrat candidate um running for the nomination um I d- I doubt he actually gets nominated first and foremost <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but here's the thing about universal basic income is that the main issue that anybody who would be against it would have is all right well where's that money coming from
1: (laughs) right that's always everyone's first question
0: so like he says okay let's give $1,000 to everybody over 18 I like that all right so and what he means by everybody is everybody okay the ultra poor to the billionaires okay everybody gets a thousand dollars a month over 18 um, and I guess this is supposed to replace social security, replace other welfare stuff. And, um, cause obviously you can't really have free healthcare and free education and pay people a thousand dollars a month at the same time. Um, you can get, you can just keep printing money, but <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> You know, you know how gold has its value because it's rare, and how anything has its value because of scarcity. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly printing stuff out, then you're depreciating its value. That's how it works, and um, and then you got like what the Fed is doing and raising interest rates and um, inflation, and then employers will um, decrease wages and stuff like that. That's so that's lame. <laughs>
1: Fix it, Josh.
0: (laughs) So, but here's what I want to know. Here's the first thing I want you to look up, Drew. Okay. Look up how many people in, like, the most recent census are above 18 in the U.S. And I guess the census would be citizens. Uh, All right. So I
1: pulled up. uh, Let's see here. This is a 2010-2010 census is Uh, that the most
0: recent one though
1: yeah i mean that's like the first all right that's fine entry or actually no let me see here can we do backwards math because it's it's showing how many persons under 18 years is 22.6 percent in the united states since uh, april 1st 2010
0: all right so under 18 is 22.6 percent all right so <sighs> 22.6, <laughs> 87.4. Yeah. All right. So, no, uh, not 87.4. 70. 77.4. Right? What the? I can't maths. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this would be a perfect uh, moment for the transition song. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. 22, uh, 100 minus 22.6, 77.4. All right. Alright, so, and then how many in that census, what's the population total? Well, let's pull that up.
1: Uh, Total population, uh, is that right? 308
0: million? Okay, that's fine. Alright, let's just use 300 million. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, this podcast is so professional we're doing the research Accuracy, as, man. as we're recording it. We don't come in prepared <laughs> for anything. What are you talking
1: about? We have a research firm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole bunch of guys in the back that just crunch the numbers.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We ought to so pay those guys. it looks like. I mean, let me do something. I don't know why I'm so bad at math right now. All right. Hmm. So, 77.4. We need to get math experts on point the show. let because it's a percentage. Okay. Okay. Times yeah. 300. Three more zeros. Okay. And then three more zeros. Okay. All right, so... Approximately two hundred and thirty million people, all right Now they get they all get one thousand dollars per month. All right This times that by a thousand. Okay. We're getting close to billion now.
1: <laughs> I'm searching how much it would cost. Oh, it just takes me to
0: Andrew Yang's <laughs> website, if I Google that. So I'm looking at 2.322E11, right, times 10 to 11. So isn't that like 232 million? No, no, it's 2 billion. Yeah, it would be billion. Yeah, 2 billion. All right, that's per month. $2 billion per month.
1: Easy. <laughs> <laughs> No, not easy. How much are we spending as it is
0: though? Well, I mean, we're our debt is in the trillions, right? Yeah, I'm looking up right now.
1: Uh yeah, we're in twenty two trillion dollars since February. Apparently there's like a clock somewhere in New York, or not a clock, like a a sign that tracks yes. the debt.
0: So here's I've timed I times it by twelve for to get the annual you know universal basic income paid out per year, okay? Okay. By the government. Times ten to the twelve, okay, if a million is times ten to the six, right? One times ten to the six. A billion is one times ten to the nine. And then a trillion is one times ten to the twelve. This is two point eight trillion per year.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we only add. It's it's just scratch man off of twenty two
0: million. Come I on. know. But the fact is, is we're already twenty two trillion in debt. Yeah. What's another two trillion <laughs> <laughs> per year? <laughs>
1: yeah, man. Even out that number, we we'll get down to thirty trillion, and be like, that's it. We're done.
0: Stop it. <laughs> Okay, so how much is the U.S. paying its citizens in welfare as it is now? Yeah. Like, are we paying each citizen more than $1,000 a month for stuff? Like, whether it be Medicaid or uh, food stamps or um, you know, other things like government.
1: Yeah, it looks like um, 460 462 billion went to families in just social programs in general in the United States and they break it up and that wasn't a year uh, let me see give me a second folks <laughs> googling is hard <laughs> oh man yeah so in 2013 total Social Security and Medicare expenditures and this is just as an example were one point three trillion dollars.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So it would effectively just replace that. I'm
1: assuming, uh, and I don't know his whole platform, and I'm more interested in the in the print like the whole
0: the whole philosophy behind it.
1: Yeah, of, of UPI. But I'm assuming he intends for that to be to displace other, like you were saying, other social programs you know considering that if people were to get a thousand dollars in their pocket every month whether Mm -hmm. you know without having any qualifications yeah that they could resolve their own issues be more avid about their own health you know not having to be concerned about where Mm -hmm. that money comes from so um that could possibly replace a lot of programs and then make extra money um in the in, in that regard
0: yeah and like Another thing that strikes me, too, is that you can't live off of $1,000 a month. Obviously, that's not... That number isn't meant to be uh, everybody's primary income. Like, You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, you know there would be people that will try. It's just
0: <laughs> a... I mean, and they're welcome to, but um, you can't really live off that. I mean, no. I guess that's supposed to be a... Just a security blanket. And then the rich can choose to either, you know, uh, I wonder what Andrew Yang said. What happens if you decide to opt out? Or I don't know why you would opt out. I don't know why you would turn down $1,000 a month. But. Hmm, yeah. But um, I, I will tell you, here's the main opposition to the concept of universal basic income is humans have the innate uh the instinct to want to work um or i guess that kind of proves why universal basic income would still be okay because people would still work but some people think that if we gave everybody free money that nobody would work or work as hard or work as hard. And, um, yeah, I
1: mean, cause a lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of people say this, you know, when, when, when it comes around uh, the end of the year, um, people are counting on bonuses, you know, so they reviewed their work throughout the course of a year and they're hoping it results in bonuses. And then that like, translate to some purchase the major purchase they're going to make or oh yeah i already bought that boat uh, you know because i know mm-hmm. i'm going to get a sizable bonus right but if you have this thousand dollars coming in who's to say people aren't going to utilize this free money towards leisures yeah. which i mean that's i i don't think that the intention was to give money so that people could use it like wisely <laughs> isn't it it's people we,
0: can use it however they want
1: yeah because in in I'm guessing uh, as I'm speaking it out, I kind of think that maybe that helps stimulate the economy in some I- in some way, because then they're purchasing something.
0: Well, it's literally just. Government printing money and then that going into the economy. So it's like it's the same thing as government printing money. Yeah. Um, but the end goal, obviously, and, and this is what people people think down the road. OK, what if we live in the world where nobody works and we all get a stipend from the government that allows us to eat and sleep and, you know, have the normal utilities every single year mm-hmm. and we don't have to work. We, we got a bunch of robots doing all the jobs. What kind of existence is that? Um, cause I, I think that's sort of the main issue is, um, because that would be the road that you know Andrew Yang's idea would go down, um, like everything's automated, and nobody's working.
1: yeah, I don't think so i I disagree with the whole um, notion of automation taking away jobs because a lot of people are freaking out um, about a lot of industries, and one of the more foremost things that people are talking about right now, especially with Tesla in the forefront, making. You know, a- autonomous driving vehicles, and they're thinking that these 18 um, wheeler jobs are going to disappear overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Not for overnight one. for sure, but um, it'll happen, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so much um, technologically, there's so much obstacles that you have to jump over before you get there because, one, you know, we're still uh, working out the kinks of it being. Uh, where we would consider it safe to put out on the roads. But then, too, like, people are still talking, debating, like, the ethical um, stance of, is, is autonomous driving, you know, uh, it, should we even rely on that, you know? Uh, there's all these weird talks. Uh, apparently, there's some, like, technical summit that talks about the futures of automation and AI um, and the things, you know, like virtual reality and what that might entail. So, like, I think we're going to be debating even if we get to that technological level where we could implement it, people aren't going to fully implement it because they're still going to debate. Hey, should we even go forward with this? But I don't know. That's just that. That's like I would think here within the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, like, say enough time has passed, mm-hmm. what do we do at that point?
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think that this is the same as you know farmers becoming factory workers you mm-hmm. know in the great depression or or in the industrial revolution i don't think i don't think we're living in the same time because now it's many we're looking at manufacturers having to learn robotics and computer programming and stuff like that
1: yeah, I hear that all the time, especially in my field. Everyone always recommends that, like, whenever the jobs get displaced, you know, when fast food workers get replaced by robots, then the the alternative is always inevitably uh, programming. Like, we're just going to yeah. teach everyone learn, to program. Uh, hashtag learn to code. Yeah, learn to code. Exactly, <laughs> the coded academy and code up. Oh
0: man! But here's like middle aged men that middle-aged truck drivers when they get replaced by self-driving 18 wheelers they're not going to be able to just go back to school and learn computer programming yeah like that's like 10 years before their retirement yeah and so i could see why there's a need to sort of help them (laughs) yeah well i
1: I I also at the same token don't think we should stifle technological innovation
0: yeah at the same time we should embrace innovation but somehow help the people that get hurt from that innovation yeah and uh, it's just trying to figure out I mean I'm not sure if a thousand dollars a month for everyone will adequately help that I don't because I don't think we even have the money in the first place
1: yeah, no. Um, th- it would definitely be an experiment. Because um, I, I know that others and Andrew himself have mentioned that it's been implemented in different places. In w- smaller th- countries. Yeah. Well, it, uh, apparently they do something in Alaska. Um, <sighs> yes. They That's get right. like a stipend there. Um, and, appara- and according to him, it's working pretty well. I haven't heard the counter arguments to what's happening over there.
0: What is that called? Like an Alaska... Let me look this up. Alaska. Okay. Uh, Universal Basic. income. Maybe you can get there before I will. Hmm. Alaska Permanent Fund. Okay. I mean, I'm getting, like, a bunch of articles that say, this is a socialist miracle. And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> that's not the kind of article I'm looking for. I'm, I'm more socialist looking miracle. for, like, a... Yeah. Like a legit yeah. breakdown. Okay, Wikipedia, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Wikipedia is legit, all right? I don't care what anybody says. I pulled up some info on it. So, yeah, you're right.
1: The Alaska Permanent Fund. It's uh, $60.1 billion state funded, and it was established in 1976. Um, and then it collects its revenue. Here's the interesting part from Alaska's oil and mineral leases uh, to fund the annual stipend
0: to Alaskans. Okay, so it's not the treasury printing money. It's it's reallocating money from one state-run industry and then using that oil money to fund this, okay. But what if the oil people say no? Like what if the industries are private? Then,
1: then they must be coerced.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that.
1: because yeah, So one of the arguments I heard was um, Amazon, which is like the a tech giant, pays no federal income tax or has not paid federal income tax for the last two years. And they're like a billion dollar industry. And there's no sign of them slowing down. So, if we were just to take a fraction of money from their commerce, I mean, that could easily pay at least a year. I don't know how long term, but that's the thing is that you would have to coerce the companies to do that.
0: I'm sorry. I just had a big lunch. <laughs> <laughs> he's Moment.
1: yawning folks he's yawning over here
0: um, and, and I'm laying down on the couch <laughs> like a slob oh man um, what's interesting though is that we usually think of Alaska as like this ultra red state yeah and uh, it has this um, but again why not just make it a state thing then why does it have to be federal
1: well, then, you know, every state would have to individually determine where those funds come from. You're going to have to manipulate the system to draw back on certain programs. And then if
0: a state didn't want to do universal basic income, then they, sh- they don't have to, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that's going to force people to—I think people would see the benefit and just be like, hey, yeah, I'm but,
0: but what's America's version of the oil money that Alaska has? Like, w- how do we fund a $1,000 a month Amazon. for everyone? Amazon
1: all the big um, like Google Apple I mean they're raking in tons of money and it's not gonna stop
0: I know but uh, I guess if they're on board wh- what do the companies get out of this contract with the government
1: nothing <laughs> satisfaction of helping people
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> not it's not good enough man.
1: <laughs> yeah well that's why it's not happening That's why they've dodged, like, you know, uh, taxes on on so many different levels.
0: It it really does seem like in order for that to happen, industry and government would have to be completely, you know, the industry would have to be coerced by the government to do something. And that's just straight up socialist, right?
1: Seize the means of production.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) like... Like freaking, what, communist? Yeah, no. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh.
1: See, okay, so here's my thing. All right, and I, I, and I might sway the uh, conversation just a, a tad in a different direction, but um, like traditionally, and I am not at all politically inclined in one way or another, right, the thing that I focus mainly on in my personal life is does it line up with the word of God, and that's it. Okay. Right. So I've never been swayed by like one politician over another. Um, but as Christians, All right. right, I think one of the things that sometimes I get that I think gets glanced over is what do we do about charity? Right. Because that's like one of yeah. our most prominent tenets in the Bible is that we need to give to people. And so I'm, I'm, I know like people are like listening to this and probably like, Dude, y-
0: there's already a ton of people rolling their eyes. I could feel the, v- like, I could feel all the eyes rolling in the back of their head. Yeah. The force of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It caused the world to shift its rotation just a little bit. All
0: the r- eyes rolling. I, I do think I do think there's value in actually sitting and thinking about this instead of looking at a meme and being like, "Oh, yeah, universal basic income sucks." Socialists, yeah. 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 So, where does charity fit in? All right. So obviously the Bible tells us to be charitable, but like, is it really charity if we're forced to be charitable? <laughs> like, um, like uh, here's one alternative. Okay, the government decides. All right, I'm going to take ten percent of your income and we're gonna devote that into helping the poor now I really don't I don't really uh, I don't know if I would really care that much if that's how my tax dollars are spent um, mm-hmm I don't know if I'm gonna be like picketing the streets or like hands off my wallet, like, or, or like, uh, you know, like no more taxes kind of thing. I mean, it's just how my concern with that is, is the government capable of using the 10% of my income wisely and effectively?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, see that that's, so I threw that argument into, uh, out there just for people to kind of think about, but that's kind of one of the, the areas that I, um, I think about when considering that, like, well, people make that argument all the time. Well, what would Jesus do? you know, we see, uh, characters of Jesus drawn up of how he was, uh, out with the needy, you know, he went to the beggars and he went to out to the, uh, places that nobody wanted to go. Um, and then they try to like make that a political policy, and it's like, um, I think you're reading into that too vaguely, too openly. But yeah, like you're trusting someone else to make the the charitable decision for you. I think that's where it gets dangerous when you're not personally being responsible for charity, and you're allowing someone to just kind of ease your mm-hmm. mind and say, Hey, look, I contribute to charity, therefore, you know, I'm mm-hmm. my, I, I'm free to. Ward that off my mind. I don't have to worry about it. My, um, you know, my my uh, morality is clean, or my conscience is clean.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I mean, the the government using the 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 government allocating, deciding where to how to help the poor. I mean, versus, that's one philosophy, and then it's the, okay, let the other, let people help the poor themselves, but I don't know if you get as much, maybe that's another thing to look up too: is how much, how, how many Americans, like, say they give to charitable organizations. Um, Here, I'm looking it up right now. And and I think we're also kind of operating under the assumption that, I think people um, operate under the assumption that uh, that there is some there's some way to just eradicate all poverty. And to me, I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's, I mean, there's certain genes that affect people's intelligence that will always be a sort of ceiling for them. Like people are born with certain potentials and and not everybody's equal I guess that's the overarching idea. Um, Like everybody's equal in the sight of God but not everybody has the same skill level and can attain the same things. There are some people born in just horrific environments and get diseases that um, that only poor people, people in poverty, get. And it, it hinders them from being able to do anything in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's people who are born uh, with a lower intelligence, maybe even because of these diseases, which some of them cause, apparently. I looked into some of this. Uh, I, I heard a podcast uh, with a doctor that studies uh, tropical diseases. Um, Meaning, like diseases that affect the po- uh, the impoverished, and some of these like parasites and diseases actually affects one's like cognition skills. Oh wow! Which is interesting to me. Um, but there's some people that are to no at no fault of their own they have a lower ceiling than everybody else, right? Yeah. And maybe to a certain extent they are unable to help themselves all right so how do these people get helped because i don't want to live in a society where we just let them die and we just we we're <coughs> operating in some darwinistic you know just shuffle survival up to of the of outskirts the of the city yeah.
1: and just be like out of sight
0: out of mind well yeah if they all die well then the gene pool will go away in, uh, that's just <laughs> that's just warped to me um, so how do we help these people that no fault of their own it's not like they got into drugs <coughs> some people were born addicted to drugs because their parents were in drugs right um, how do we help the people that can't help themselves um, Well, see
1: h- here's the thing I think you made it a, a very clear distinction is that you you isolated a select group of people right people that cannot help themselves um, that are in certain conditions, and you mentioned the word poverty, uh-huh. right? So there's a level that we can um, grade or uh, measure, right? Yeah. So there's something that we can determine that that would put them in that that um, category of po- impoverished and have limited resources to um, take themselves out of poverty, right? And I think that's what the government's doing now. And for those types of programs, I'm definitely for. I think those need to be in place for people that cannot get help any mm-hmm. other way, and that we ought to all contribute towards that.
0: Yes, but w- what are the statistics? Like, I need to know, and like, I think that's fine and dandy that the government, like, you know, the Great Society passed in the 60s, like mm-hmm. the whole goal is to bring people out of poverty. But I want to know how effective it's been. Like, how many people, like, how long have people been, has the government been helping people get out of poverty? And, like, have, they, have those people actually gotten out of poverty? Or has their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids remained in the same social state? Yeah. Like, how effective is it? Like, where, where do you think we can find that out? Like I'm pulling up something right now. So uh let's see cuz I think motives I think motives are always pure like there's and uh you know it, you've heard the saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions um and I think this may be an example where The motives are pure we're trying to help the poor but there's other consequences that are unforeseen and or there's a ineffectiveness that comes with it and there should be a transparency and accountability that allows us to look at it and be like hey that's not working we should probably do something else right yeah so I found
1: an interesting article but just talking about some of the myths and uh, about welfare programs in the United States, uh, but nothing I can like really put my finger on specifically. I remember this is really <coughs> interesting. There's a lot of. It was like a supplemental security program, nutrition assistance program, earned income tax credit, of mm-hmm. course. <coughs> housing assistance
0: yeah and then all that money is coupled with an intention of how to spend it like okay this is your housing money this is your food money this is your medical money while Andrew Yang is saying okay here's money you spend it how you want Mm mm-hmm and (laughs) and I think another kind of tragic fact too is that. people in poverty are not good with money and like that it it sounds like a very demeaning thing to say Um, but I think there's some truth Uh, you know and just as it's I think it's as true as the fact that people are born in crappy situations that are beyond their control and that sometimes it has nothing to do with you know financial skill and financial wisdom but it plays a role I think
1: I I think I really do think it it does. But another interesting fact is I think most people are not good at managing (laughs) money. I think that's true. The vast majority of Americans. I mean, there was I forget where I heard the statistic, but like um, a huge number of Americans are not prepared for like um, emergency scenario where they would need like five hundred to a thousand dollars. They don't have it because they're living paycheck to paycheck. And at various different levels, people you would consider uh, upper middle class don't have enough money to to uh, tackle you know mm-hmm. medical emergencies, mm-hmm. um, and that's how everyone lives. So I think that's it's not a problem of you know um, is there enough money to go around, but like there's just this mentality that's sickening the United States per se. You know where money is the answer to everything and money certainly is an answer for bills and you know uh, loans you take out for school and um, all those various things Mm -hmm. that we need in life but um you know a loan to pay out you know that bmw in the driveway or the larger house you know and that's just how people tend to live
0: it's, it's people being manipulated to buy things that they don't need it's that simple um, and you can apply that to the student loan debt crisis you can apply that to uh, um, you know people trying to buy cars and getting into debt that's why people get into debt is because they're buying something that they don't need yeah. really um, just because society tells them they need it um, I actually saw a video this morning before church. It was like a Now This video, and like, I'm not a fan of Now This. It's, uh, I mean, that's a whole different thing. But but there's people that go to um, a university in California. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of it. Um, college students that were homeless. And living out of their like cars mm-hmm and uh, I want to find a specific one um, so y'all can like look up the video that I'm talking about um, well it turns out there's a lot of universities in California what <laughs> it's
1: not just UNC Was that? I don't know, but the the college that those um, the celebrities got caught up in that uh, admission scandal.
0: No, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, like with Stanford or anything like that. Um, I think it's private. Um, anyways, they kind of followed these two college students that live out of their cars. One one student in particular got a full-ride scholarship to this university Mm all right and then obviously chose okay well i don't want to pay tuition let me go to the one with you know full-ride scholarship problem is is that i guess housing was too expensive so she opts to live in her car and and the whole premise of the video is that oh my god should this should we be allowing this to happen like college students living out of their cars um and like at first glance I think it's wrong but then again I'm like okay they're living out of their car and then they go to the gym, shower and all that stuff. I feel like they've they're able to meet their needs although they're not living the way we think they're supposed to live. Right. And uh and they could always choose to get a part-time job and that was something that they didn't ask these students, like, well, have you considered getting a job? It was always just like, no, they, they're going to school. They, they should be able to go to school and, and not have to live like that. Well, it, it seems like there's some choice there. It, that doesn't, I don't know if that is the same as this person born in Haiti in like a terrible poverty env- environment That's you know that has no other choice but to you know, literally try to find something to eat every day. Um, I think this is kind of a first world poverty, like kids living inside of their cars. They they own a car. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like kids living inside of their cars and 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 going to class, and like it seemed like they're living pretty comfortably and. I think the problem is, is if the school stops allowing them to live in their cars, I think that would be bad. But as long as they allow that to happen, I really don't see an issue with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they made the conscious decision. So, like, people see uh, higher-level education as, like, yeah. a a right. But like, a that we should all be extended in higher-level education. Um, but it's something that has to be earned, I think.
0: Yeah, but again, like, they decided to go to college and society undoubtedly told them okay college you need to go to college yeah they've told all of us that i mean but college is not something we need yeah
1: it 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 it's definitely useful and i think in years past probably before our generation it was a lot more valuable to have a diploma mm-hmm. or to have a degree but now it like what i'm seeing in my generation and this makes me think of it more so for when I have children, um, how much I would recommend college to them now because it's so oversaturated with pretty much everyone and anyone that goes into college yes. and just grabbing any kind of degree they can get, thinking that that's like a guarantee to. Yeah. You know, like everyone has these lofty dreams of being, you know, um, some professor, you know, mm-hmm. tenure and they're getting paid millions. Like, that's not the reality. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, I, and I think people should go to college if that is literally the only way they can get to where they want to go.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if if you want to work, you don't have to go to college. But if you want to have a particular profession that absolutely requires you to go to graduate school, not necessarily a bachelor's, but to graduate school, like mm-hmm. law school, uh, medical school, like stuff that requires that, then college is for you. Um, if you want to be a a PhD and get a PhD in something, obviously college is for you. But I feel like there's so many people just getting bachelor's and racking up debt for like no reason.
1: Yeah, I remember that was one of the most common things that we would discuss amongst uh, college students in like study groups or any time that we opened up about college. Like people always said that their first two years they really had no clue what they were doing. They're like, I, I wasn't sure about this major. I wasn't sure about that major. And yet, we are spending so much money to be in a place to be, you know, unsure of ourselves. And I think you really, (laughs) if you want to be in college, you have to have
0: a a A sure goal. Yeah. You can't go in there finding yourself. Yeah. You're like, uh, well. You're better off taking a gap year to find yourself before going to college. Yeah. And a lot of people's freshman year is 13th grade of high school. Yeah. And, and that and that's terrible, um, but yeah. but then again, and that's what I worry about too is that we're we're starting to get into like what is basic rights, and a lot of people are arguing that education is a basic human right, mm-hmm. and and uh, that should be free, and healthcare is a basic human right, and that should be free, and my and I and I think. I want people to have health care and I want people to have education. Um, but the problem with making them human rights is that now you're forcing people to provide a service. Yes. And you're violating th- their rights for the sake of basic human rights. You're, you're it's like if you think bread is a human right then you're you're forcing farmers to farm bread and then you and then you also get a low supply of bread and a high demand of bread you get you know bread lines like in communist russia and stuff like that and you run out of bread uh, cuz you're you're devoting the entire economy to fulfill basic human rights and do you want some bread
1: no. <laughs> yeah but what if society deemed like and going along with that analogy like Whole Foods was just the the absolute standard everybody of deserves being, organic food yeah
0: okay <laughs>
1: that would degrade the quality of Whole Foods over time right like whatever sense of quality you believe is there yeah. if it's being compelled you're compelling someone's service with, from the grocer to mm-hmm. the farmers that produce the goods Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well now we're just pulling it from them because it's a human right. Yeah. We lose that.
0: Or if healthcare was a human right, and this is a big one, this is a big topic too, that means a doctor should be okay with not being paid to provide a service because they're fulfilling a basic human right. Yes. All right. Um I have night terrors. I would venture <laughs> fix that for free. <laughs> <laughs> um I would venture to say that people in the South in the 19th century believed uh, not having to pay for their cotton and not having to pay for uh, certain vegetation planted in uh, plantations and having cheap labor was a human right. And so that gave them license to violate other rights. Yes. Yes. Right, because they believed they had the right to not have to work to pick cotton <laughs> everybody deserved cotton well I mean it was a uh, it was a function of capitalism in the south so like they actually made money from it and so maybe maybe that's not the best analogy but mm. I don't know I'll I just hope our listeners understand that we're all just trying to think out loud, and hope. I hope y'all don't judge me for just trying to actively think about something, and hopefully I don't say something offensive in that process. But I'm sorry, I can't control that. Really, I'm just thinking out loud.
1: Well, yeah, and I I think even if it's uncomfortable to talk about, like we have to evaluate our history to move forward, Um, and there were different thoughts of the times you know leading up to now so like we're kind of conditioned in our era because we see the things that we see we see the news articles and so we perceive things to be normal now that like Mm -hmm. you know this whole concept of of universal basic income sounds super appealing because a ton of people are in debt a ton of people have medical bills a ton of people have and, and so it's very uh, enticing to, to for someone to come out yeah. and say, "Hey, look, I want to give you money in your pocket. You don't have to do anything to earn it." Yeah. Um, but then we had to think long term, and what are some of the ramifications for that? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think it's easy to kind of hold a stance where it's like government shouldn't do anything, or government should do all the things, and, and <laughs> of course. I think the solution somewhere in between the extremes, but it seems like everybody is in the extreme sides. It's like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. There's, there's always a third option.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. So, oh man, maybe I shouldn't use this analogy, but, um, so I heard, so this is, this was a meme. It was probably an offensive meme. uh, Um, But basically, people that are pro-choice, pro-life, you know, yeah, they had these picketers going like, you know, um, she didn't have to abort. She could have, you know, given up to adoption. Yeah. And then the same person on the other end of the debate was like, okay, so uh, why don't you adopt them? You know, because I guess the implication was that there's a whole adoption issue. There's all these children that are being born that are unwanted because, you know, we yeah. have this stance on abortion and it's like, yeah, I don't. And, you know, let me be very clear. I'm not supporting, <laughs> um, you know, abortion at uh-huh. all. But that that is something that we have to think about. Like when we make yeah. those stances, you know, who is taking care of oh, those unwanted yeah. children? Oh, yeah.
0: Are you pro-life? Well, then why don't you take care of them when they're alive? Or yeah. Like I, I've seen that. I've seen that in places. Why don't you, you know, give them free health care? And, and it's just basically and it's honestly I would be cool if I would be cool to live in a socialist society if it meant there would be no abortions <laughs> I'm I'm completely willing to go that way yeah. all right if 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 you say pro-life means being against abortion but also paying for everybody you know stuff and, and it you know requiring the village to take care of all the kids I mean, if it means abortion stops, <laughs> I can go down that road. Despite me, it's a compromise I'm willing to make, I guess. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, I'm willing to make that compromise. Provide birth control for everyone for free. Like, if that stops abortions, I'm for it. Yeah. I don't think it stops abortions. No.
1: You do those two things, and it's still yeah. going to happen. You know? Um, Unfortunately, of course, but.
0: And, and, like, I, I'm kind of in a stuck in, like, a cynical stance in that I don't think the government is effective in helping the poor or helping the needs of people. And I don't think the people are effective in helping the needs of the people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, there's um, not a – well, earlier when I was looking up the charitable giving, uh-huh. um, I think in 2016 it was it, – let me make sure I got this right. But I think it was $402 billion dollars was given to non-profit organizations in the United States.
0: Um, And then what did you... $402 billion? Million. Million, okay. So, and then there's so many billion dollars that the government provides for people.
1: Yeah, so that's just an uh, uh, addition... in addition to that. But, I mean, that seems so inconsequential to, you know... Yeah. How big the United States and how big poverty is here.
0: And, like, I don't think... maybe 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 we should kind of look back and at these old like you know don't just give a man a fish but teach him how to fish yes how do we empower these people to become producers instead of only consumers to where we have to constantly give them something and, but how do we teach them how to make things you know what I mean Um,
1: to be productive yeah without sounding condescending (laughs) and
0: there's always a risk of and and here's the thing when we're actually thinking about stuff there's a risk (laughs) there's a risk in being offensive when we're in the process of brainstorming and, and unpacking issues and ideas See, and I think that's why it doesn't
1: get talked about because everyone, especially in our social climate right now, with the whole political correctness, and I'm not trying to invoke any of that right now, but like uh, I I think people are afraid to bring this up in conversation Uh because, you know, it's easier just to go with the uh, mainstream thought, which is like, of course, everybody just wants to end poverty and just like make things go away but how do you achieve that
0: so (laughs) it's funny you say that going back to what we were talking about okay what does scripture say about this stuff Jesus said the poor will be with you always Mm -hmm. now what makes that so significant that means is that there's always going to be a have not in any society um whether it's because of, you know, of human corruption or whether it's because of that's just the way life works. Mm-hmm. I, I, I happen to agree with Jesus. <laughs> you know, God manifested the flesh. I, that, that just sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. I agree with Jesus yeah. on this stance. Yeah.
1: Um, he's got some valid points. He's man. got some <laughs> valid points, you know. You ought to give him a listen. Yeah. I think you'll like him <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh quick correction by the way It was 410 billion 410 million would seem
0: really insignificant So 410 billion In non- Given ch- by people To non-profit charitable organizations mm-hmm. Alright now compare that to the Government's contributions To p- people's Poverty and needs Yeah, What was that number? Like how much do we spend on welfare? Oh, I think it was like thirteen trillion oh
1: god yeah. yeah, so it it barely puts a dent in but
0: I don't know, but I don't know if quantity of money equals effectiveness
1: yeah, and that's the thing is like and you alluded to that, like how effective is the government at doing that because there's there there's more than likely yeah. without having the evidence on hand, there's probably corruption, there's probably misuse of funds you know
0: I'm kind of a government skeptic and this is kind of where I start putting my libertarian hat on I think the government is only good at collecting money but never good at absolutely horrible at executing on you know spending the money yeah (laughs) and (laughs) spending it effectively efficiently and you know wisely and and just we live in a, a world where money needs to be spent on everything there's no sense of budgeting you know hey I know this need is legit but this need is more legit and it affects more people Yeah. like who's willing to talk about that like show me a politician who's willing to like sit in a boardroom and tell people hey here's why I can't get money to this cause right because simply more people are affected by this cause over here or this issue, and are therefore therefore needs the money more than this issue. Right. They're no, more. But deserving. nobody. But nobody wants to say this person needs it more than you. Yeah. And it, it's like a it's like a triage that's missing in the Capitol Hill. You know, like. But it it's always money needs to be given everywhere. Yeah and uh, that's why I never want to be a politician because <laughs> it, it, it is hard it, and it's easy just to appeal to emotions and say free money for everyone or or to appeal to peoples you know like we're not going to let the government take your money to use it for this and stuff like that yeah. um, there's
1: it, too many voices that you have to appeal to because I mean there's organizations upon organizations yeah. you have people that are like About, you know, the humane treatment of animals, and then they try to elevate that to a level. Which is good.
0: Yeah. Humane treatment of animals is good. Yeah. But where it's just not high on my priority list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see animals be abused intentionally and then not have any repercussions to the
0: people. And, like, just because it's not high on my priority list doesn't make me be uh, it, it, that doesn't mean I'm pro beating animals and like putting them in dog fights or whatever <laughs> it's just not high on my priority list yeah. and um, and I think because our country is so large and um, there's absolutely no way Washington DC can manage the needs of everybody in the country and and that's why I agree with this term federalism where we're delegating stuff you know we're, we're branching it out we're we should allow the states to take care of you know things that affect their state and then furthermore the states can delegate to the cities and and, and municipalities and counties and stuff like that mm-hmm. why have we gone away from that I, I just don't understand
1: it's. I think it's just control. I think who somebody has to be at the top, and the more you divvy out their responsibility, the more someone wants to mm-hmm. steer it.
0: And there's so much of the federal government being that, well, the states telling the states to do something or else we'll withhold funding. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it, it's just like a, just holding them hostage because of government money. I'm just, yeah and it, it, it sucks that's why education sucks that's why because you got people in thousands of miles away that think they know what kind of education a community thousands of miles away from them should have mm-hmm. when they have no idea of their culture their lifestyles it, it just does not make sense to me why we would want to centralize everything yeah um
1: Yeah, well, they want one person on the switch, basically, to be like, I say yes, or I say no, I pull the lever down, I push it up, you know, and that's the problem, because there's not a one solution for everything.
0: Yes, and, and like, that's why I'm glad Alaska can feel comfortable, and I'm glad the people voted on having a socialized system where they get get a universal, what was it called again, like a... um, Oh, the American, the fund—the name yeah. of the fund—or like they get they get a dividend every month. All oh, right, they right. get money from the government as a safety net every month. Okay, sort of like a universal basic income. I'm glad they're able to do that, and as long as as uh, they're transparent about what's going on over there, and as long as as uh, there's accountability, you know. We could see that they're doing something wrong then other states can see hey you know maybe that's working maybe we should do that for us yeah where I get skeptical is making it for all 50 states all at once yeah I don't think that works
1: yeah well I mean you're just blowing up a small experiment on such a huge scale I mean we're just now starting to see some of the effects of it and I mean there's no definitive way of knowing but, I mean, people are talking about how that UBI could affect, um, like you you had mentioned it, um, inflation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all of a sudden you put a $1,000 in everyone's hand, you know, all of a sudden tenants start raising their rent.
0: Yeah, by $1,000 a month.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, okay, how do you stop that? Or now you have a, a ton of people uh, flooding demand for products mm-hmm. or, uh, and then eating at that supply, you know? So mm-hmm. people are going to produce uh, or raise prices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so things are going to be mu- that much more less unattainable. Mm-hmm. So the thousand dollars is not going to really. I mean, and I'm just playing al- along with that theory. Yeah.
0: And then the only way you're able to prevent the land uh, the landlords from raising the rent, and from businesses from ra- raising the price, and for uh, from you can the only way you can prevent employers from lowering the wages by a thousand dollars. Well, it's like, well, you're getting $1,000 a month. You know why should I you know, like they could save money as a business, yeah, and grow their business and 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 hire more people. The only way to prevent them from making those types of decisions is the government you know telling them what to do. Say, no, no. Bad bad company. And the government <laughs> dictating what companies can do and and setting a cap of Rent and setting a floor of uh, wages, min- uh, setting a minimum wage, and uh, and that goes down a road where economies will just crumble, mm-hmm. and, and that's and that government controlling businesses is you know that's where you get Venezuela, and that's where you get socialist countries, and so I think really the main issue is like. Um, can America be a socialist country? And I, I don't know if America is uh, is like the Scandinavian countries that are actually being successful with their socialist policies. Yeah. But they're smaller and they're much more. Uh, um, what's the word opposite of diverse? Like, I mm. say <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say singular, <laughs> but um, it, it, they're they're not diverse. They're anti-diverse they got one culture like they're not really multicultural um and it's just like why some systems work in some places some systems work in other places and then i think we've been doing well with capitalism and i i don't think that um we're seeing real cap we've seen real capitalism in the last century uh, mm-hmm. and so i don't understand why people are saying well capitalism is bad look at what look at what it's done to our country it's like we haven't been we've been in a hybrid for a century yeah um and yeah. am i but again am i an anarcho-capitalist where there should be no government regulation of anything no <laughs> yeah it's just there's, the solution's always between the extremes but everybody wants to go to the extremes because it's easier to argue and it's easier to identify yourself with that camp yeah you know? um, and nobody's willing to sit and have these conversations and like starts spouting off ideas and then like oh wait I don't know if that works or I don't know if this analogy holds up or I don't know maybe I need to check myself nobody likes being wrong and so we can't nobody wants to sit here and hash it out you know
1: and i think it's so combative this um political correctness in culture we live in i think it's easier to kind of just uh, mask your 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 whole thought process with um virtue signaling so like if you are the most virtuous person Um, and you have like the most purest of intentions. You don't have to explain yourself, especially if the other person Mm -hmm. is the enemy. And so it's just become so argumentative. Um, whenever you see news articles and that's so off putting to me now,
0: I, I, I I just, it's, it's selfish. Yeah. It's doing something not because it's right, but because it, it, it makes me feel like a good person. Yeah. And because I feel like a good person, you should do it too, or else you're not a good person.
1: Yeah. Just label them <laughs> off, you know. Yeah, and people really live that way. But I think it, I feel like it's way more extreme now than it ha- ever has ever been. Yeah, and that's coming from someone in his
0: twenties. But you know, and uh, and then I, I don't judge people who are for things like universal basic income because I understand the motives are pure. It's just they also have to understand my uh, skepticism on that idea doesn't make me not care about poor people. I'm just trying to make sure what we're doing for the poor people is actually effective.
1: Yeah. You know, one, one of the most, um, this is the weirdest, um, like aha moment for me. And it may sound totally insignificant to you, but as I have gotten older, I've tried to be more financially responsible. And one of the first things you do in being financially responsible is like laying out all your money, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at where your money is being spent and then, building a budget Mm -hmm. right and so i knew nothing about this uh you know one of the shortcomings of school is they don't really teach you like basics of like how to like you know yeah balance a budget and all this stuff but i started writing my budget uh, a little while ago uh, a couple years ago try to get my money in order and um when i googled like how should you uh do your how should you budget they Mm -hmm. always talk about the different categories which it's all you know common sense Mm -hmm. but one of the things i saw was especially from christian perspectives is charity putting in a certain amount that you give to people Mm -hmm. and um i i think a lot of people one they don't even draw budgets it's kind of just like in the air they just kind of do it by the seat of their pants and then
0: they do it by feel. Oh, yeah. I feel hundred dollars sounds good.
1: Yeah, yeah. But and when you when you operate that way, then you you really don't calculate how mm-hmm. much you are giving to others. And I think the biggest change that we can make is not by you know trying to uh, pull the reins on politicians and where tax money is given, but mm-hmm. like what are you doing in your local community? Yeah. You know, because I think the biggest. Um, Changes sometimes can happen when you look at a friend or you look at a, like, you know, someone in in your community uh, and that, you know, from a spiritual perspective that God can speak to you and say, hey, look, that they, you have the means mm-hmm. and m- I w- want you to help them in this in this manner. Yeah. Like listening to the spirit and having them dictate like, hey, yeah, they they have a need that you can fill. Mm hmm. I don't think
0: that happens as often as it ought. Yeah. So I I would agree with you. I think we wouldn't even have the conversation of being taxed high to pay or getting being taxed so that the government can help the poor if the people already helped the people. Yeah. Um my thing is is that for some reason money is always the solution when it's the opposite of a solution. I, I really don't think giving a panhandler $100 changes his situation.
1: It changes it temporarily.
0: Temporarily, yeah. yeah.
1: That 12-pack he gets, but no, I'm trying. No, i <laughs> it. It, it, it
0: changes... I mean, it helps him temporarily, and it gives me that feel-good-about-myself feeling yeah. temporarily. That's yeah. why. That's why panhandling is a legitimate business, and it's crazy to think of it this way, but people holding cardboard signs are actually providing a service that you pay for, and that service is make you feel good about yourself. Wow. All right? Making you feel virtuous. Here, let me pay $10 to feel virtuous and feel compassionate and feel good about myself. They're playing on that. Yeah. And they're legitimately smart, and like, I... I'm kind of weird. I think there's like a kingpin of all the panhandlers, <laughs> and they all meet and they have a giant map of the city, and they're just like, "Okay, y'all go here, y'all go here, y'all go here." I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kidding, but yeah, you know, there's some uh,
1: ambitious panhandler out there listening. <laughs> yeah, you know, could start like a whole panhandling
0: network. <laughs> just it really is though. That is the service they provide. Yeah by allowing you to feel good about yourself. Hey, I gave money to this poor person. Yeah. <laughs> I I always But it doesn't change their state yeah. at all.
1: Yeah. It always gets me, man, cuz I I used to think about that a lot, especially when I was a lot younger, um like straight out of high school. You would see these folks, right? And I think there was this one time somebody was on the um street corner and I I you know, when you pull up to the corner and you're the first car there, they get to give you their whole You know, put the sign in your face, and you either you have to either like pretend they're not there, you know, look at your phone or look at the ground. Um, But I looked, and and I was just feeling sorry for this individual. I was like, oh man, maybe I should give them money, Mm -hmm. you know. And I and I forwent those feelings, and I was like, no. I mean, you have all the rationales, and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. they're going to use it unwisely, they're going to abuse it. So I left. And
0: obviously, you can't know how they're going to use it,
1: right? And and then I even go as far as like the whole Christian narrative, like, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I should be helping these kind of uh, uh, helping these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole day I went totally um, judging mm-hmm. myself and feeling guilty that I didn't do that. And um, I, I went to H-E-B, I think I remember, towards the end of the day and I had to pick up a couple of things. And as I'm going to the parking lot, there's all these like guys s- combing through. I didn't realize there was like four or five of them combing through the parking lot. Mm hmm. And they were just straight up asking and then, like, getting denied, like, within seconds. Hey, can I have a dollar? No. And they'd be like, no, sorry. Yeah. Right. And so he came to me. and I was like, this is my chance for retribution from <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can I can give money to this guy and feel erase that guilt from my mind.
0: It's that's the service they provide.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. But he he, he looked like one of those scary dudes like the, the lady on the street yeah. looked like she, le- she was in legitimate need. Mm-hmm. This dude looked like if I didn't give him money, he would have cut me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like, I mean, that's like penance. And that's like what Martin Luther hated, right? Yeah. Is, is paying a sum that absolves you of guilt. Yeah. Y- yeah. And, and here's, here's something, too. Where in the Bible do you see people giving money to poor people? And I know there's references to giving alms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like I think of you know Peter and John when they're like silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give to you rise up and walk and so like probably the reason why that guy was poor was because he couldn't walk yeah and so Peter and John were like okay well instead of giving him money and just allowing him to eat but his situation doesn't change let's change his situation yeah so like why not just like, okay, instead of giving someone money, be like, hey, why don't you come to my business and interview for a job? Or I can't really think of any other examples at the moment, but change their situation. Uh yeah. instead of the short-term me feel good, you can eat, and then next week they're exactly in the same spot. In the same spot and you're exactly in the same spot. Yeah. And that and that's what that's why I don't think money is the answer and, and we always believe well if we had more funds for this or if we had more funds for that um.
1: <sighs> yeah no and, and I think that that's the problem that's plaguing America is that one we have a, a problem with balancing finances as a country and the different programs but you know People think if you throw enough money at it, it's going to fix the problem. And
0: That's not how it works, man. Yeah. That has never worked. Yeah. Instead but of changing the system, like we complain about education sucks, let's put more money into it. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we like just change the system instead of throwing more money? Yeah. At it, raise the budget, raise the ra- wages of teachers, or raise. I mean, teachers should get paid more than what they're getting paid. I yes. will say that, but. Um, it's money isn't the answer, man, <laughs> and I yeah. think we always we keep circling back to this fact. Yeah. Um,
1: and and I think and, and if I can, um, kind of, direct the subject towards like the Christian's perspective of this, because I think Christians get pulled into this argument a lot. Yes. Now, a lot of people. Um, on the left try to like twist Christians arms and being like, Well, you guys uh are supposed to be charitable so you know, mm-hmm. why aren't you giving to our cause or you know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be compassionate. Yeah. You know, but I think in, in a Christian world view and and um Bishop has talked about this, I mean there are times where um being in need is an instrument uh to mould us. Yes. You know. And that applies to a lot of people. It doesn't just apply to certain individuals. You know, like we would love to be in that utopian um, fantasy where everybody is taken care of. No one has any, you know, worries or frets. You know, they have all the money they need in the bank and no one's ever hurt. Right. Mm hmm. But there are things that are learned through a struggle, through earning, through um, perseverance. um, And even when the cards are stacked against you, Mm -hmm. there's lessons to be learned there. And I think uh, enough people don't know this. um, And that's not even, you know, just sheer determination Mm -hmm. um, outside of even Christian principles is something that people don't recognize Mm -hmm. in their daily life.
0: Um, I think I saw the stat of. Um, I would like you to verify it. I think I heard a stat about relig. Uh, the, the. Uh, the groups of people that give the most money to charity are religious people. Let me check it.
1: Yeah. Who gives? I just the want most to know if charity. that's true. Uh, let's see. So of the $358 billion that Americans gave to charity in 2014, only 14% came from foundation grants, so these large companies and wealthy big uh-huh. foundations, and just 5% from corporations. <laughs> the rest, 81% okay. of that, Four, almost 400 billion dollars came from individuals wow um, and then um, let me see um, among individual givers in the US
0: like uh, among the individual givers of the US how many identify as religious that's what I'm trying to find yeah. here while you do that I'll look on the penguins on the screen oh
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> we had um some nice little landscapes playing in the background here yeah. in, in our uh, living room studio. Look at that <laughs> <pain one. laughs> oh, So now it's ranking all the different places in uh, all I the 50 states. don't care about places. Bottom 10 states, nope. Giving by region, nope. Yeah, Utah apparently is like one of the top ten states we're giving. Well,
0: I mean, Mormonism is a huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge in Utah. I mean, that's gotta play a role.
1: New Hampshire it has the less, the least. Whoa! <laughs> what? Yeah. New Hampshire has the least. Yeah, giving as a percentage of adjusted gross income, like 1.7%.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah,
1: as opposed to Utah at 6.6%. Is that where
0: Bernie Sanders is from? <laughs> I, is I, that his state? I, it might be. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think that's Biden's state. I think Bernie Sanders is Vermont. Oh, okay. But you would think the more liberal states that are— Pro-socialist. I mean, I guess they don't give as much money to charity because the government does it for them. So maybe that skews the number. Right. Like, if I'm paying high taxes and then the government allocates the, that revenue to the poor people, then I wouldn't need to give to the poor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well... But that would that doesn't make me charitable does that does that make you charitable if you pay taxes and the government is charitable for you? Oh sorry, I was reading <laughs> D- Does that make you charitable when you're taxed when're uh, when you're taxed and the government uh spends the revenue on on charity, but you don't No, I don't think it does that just makes you a law abiding citizen right
1: yeah well i, I think most people are, are totally unaware of how their money gets spent after hmm. it's been withdrawn like th- they they could care less about the different i think the vast majority of americans like care when they're asked but they they're not actively seeking out these um, welfare programs and be like make sure you know that the percentage i've given goes to that exclusively or there's not a specific family in mind, so I don't think that absolves people. So I'm seeing, I don't, I'm not seeing any, like, specific percentages, but there's a hu- there's, like, a lot of um, talk in this particular article that um, religious um, thought is one of the biggest contributions to America being one of the bigger charitable uh, countries in the world.
0: Do we give... M- so much money to other countries it is absolutely amazing
1: Yeah, here, so here's something it's not quite a statistic but this is something um, that they brought out like in two sentences uh, surprisingly people who volunteer at secular organizations are a bit under giving <laughs> in regressions of the PSID statistics meanwhile persons who volunteer at religious organizations are dramatically bigger donors of money
0: Hmm. So, what does that mean? Uh, well, based
1: off what I'm seeing here, just kind of briefing this article, it seems to allude that um, people with that serve in religious organizations or have a religious background tend to give more money than do their secular counterparts in, in charity for versus charity.
0: Okay, so... so is it safe to say that maybe um, religious people are doing their part, but secular people are not?
1: Yeah, based on just what I'm reading here, it, it seems to be the case. Um, and it, it, it and lists- what are
0: the charities?
1: We got to know the charities too. Yeah. So I'm reading here. Um, evangelical and Protestants and Mormons, in particular, are the strongest of givers in religious organizations.
0: Um. What do they give to, though? I mean, does... It's easy to look at a stat that helps me, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a religious person, it helps my argument, but I'm still questioning it, right? And so... where uh what are they giving to like is it measuring how much they give to their own churches because on my taxes that counts as a charitable contribution like me tithing to my church is a charitable contribution and
1: see that's what they're there's another thing here so the other factor accounting for the high level of donations among low-income Americans is that a significant minority of them are religious tithers who powerfully push up the group average through sacrificial giving Hmm. So if you look at what a fraction of each group gives, various studies show that the rate of donation among low-income persons is actually half or less of what is for the rest of the population. So um, we kind of infer there that there's a, a significant portion of that that's just to their own organizations. Yeah,
0: and so... So... I would obviously obviously prefer uh, the church to take a bigger role in charity, right? So the government doesn't have to. Right? Otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. But again, as I, I hate to go back to this again, but like I feel like the church falls into a trap where okay, we gotta give money to this we gotta give money to things. Let's put money here, money here, money here. Instead of actively changing people's situations. Right. Um, not saying that the church doesn't do that. It, it does do that very well, but I just don't want the church to fall into the trap to think that uh, we've got to give more money. Right?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, because um, the stereotype that I think of whenever money is a solution to um, these kind of problems, I think of like wealthy top hat wearing monocle wearing wealthy people mm-hmm. you know just like going to these charity dinners and you know um, just offering you know, I'll I'll give a million dollars to this organization mm-hmm. you know and totally unaware of what uh, people are going through in different parts of the world to these organizations they you know mm-hmm. are hoping are going to fix a
0: problem and then they never
1: do so
0: And that's honestly what I like about um, that organization, Impact (coughs) Junkie, that Rodney talked about briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, Where they're more concerned of going overseas and, like, (coughs) geez. Sorry. That cough (coughs) busted my eardrum. Um, Am I bleeding? (laughs) Um, Sorry. They're going to these third world countries and building farms and building wells building things that help the economies of these communities and these villages. Yeah. Instead of just throwing money at them as if they know what to do with the money. Yeah. But instead they're teaching them skills and stuff like that. Yeah. Literally teaching a man how to fish. Um, and, and that's their philosophy. Um,
1: yeah. I like um. so I, I looked up the 100 most large or the 100 largest U.S. charities in the United States and uh, among the top ones things that we recognize like the Salvation Army and Goodwill um, and I remember hearing about how that those two organizations help with um, employment for people that are coming out of prison mm-hmm. that's um, you know th- there's nobody that's really tending to their needs and there's obvious needs there um, just because someone made a mistake in their life that I don't think you should be penalized for the rest of their lives and never be able to to sustain a life, mm-hmm. especially if it's non-violent crime, right? And there's nothing the, gov- the government, you know, has already carried out what it thought that individual needed, which is the, you know, the punishment, and then there they are; they just let, let them out and fend for themselves. So there's the I like those organizations that think about that, like you say, um, teaching them how to fish and not just to ha- accept the fish handout if you will um so there's a ton of organizations here that um you would recognize a lot of like number 21 the American National Red Cross the American Mm -hmm. Heart Association Mm -hmm. um those are a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of
0: good yeah um and uh I mean things cost money I know um and you know a lot of these organizations that you reference get government grants and then that's how they get, that's how Doctors Without Borders get the money to travel and get the money for equipment and, and I understand that things always cost money, it's just um, it's just got to be applied appropriately and, and, and I wonder how, um, like if there's accountability and transparency on how money is being spent because I think there's been some controversies on how charities spend money. Yeah. And whether or not they actually spend it the way they say they do. Yeah. I remember. And actually, let me see if I can find this website. And the fact that you said, like, f- the foundations account for, what, 5%? Mm-hmm. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, overall, 15%. Overall, 15%? Yeah. These are what all these rich people are, like, donating to. Mm-hmm.
1: It gives him a tax write off. <sighs> oh, he's burning up over you guys. <laughs> um, but I remember, um, I saw a website that rated charitable organizations, and specifically, they rated, um, religious organizations on the validity of their giving. So there was this whole controversy about, um, A well-known televangelist and if I meant well I'll just say that he wanted a a private jet oh god he wanted a second private jet and it was like one of the most expensive private jets and he had this whole spiel about like no one could tell him that he can't have it and that God told him he needs it so he can minister to all the different parts of the world Um, so long story short people started criticizing his method to obtain the money Mm -hmm. to do that because he was just asking people straight up on television, like, hey, Mm -hmm. give to this cause um, because, you know, I have a work to do.
0: Yeah. And then meanwhile, our pastor and some of his assistants is going to another country flying coach. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you don't have to have your own private plane to minister to people around the world.
1: Yeah, I mean even if you wanna take that argument, like you could just fly in and, and the cheapest mode of transportation, um, if it needed to be private, I mean you could still, I don't know, there's gotta be a cheaper alternative to buying like at some ultra-premium private jet. Um, but people buy into it, you know, and so there was no transparency there. And people started looking at these organizations, and basically, what this website did was it looked at can you see whether or not uh, what the outcome of their money is. Do are they transparent that they share that with their givers, mm-hmm. or is it withheld from givers? And if it's withheld, or it's not very clear, mm-hmm. they get like a rating, and they're like, uh, this is not a good organization to give money to. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Didn't Red Cross get a bad rating? Uh, Was there a controversy with them recently? Uh, I don't recall. Or Salvation Army, one of the two?
1: Could have been. I'm looking and, yeah, I I said Red Cross and then spelled it in controversy. It just filled it out for me. Oh, wow. Ten disturbing mm-hmm. things ProPublica learned investigating the Red Cross. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's <laughs> this image of the Red Cross that I've had for so long is just tainted by this quick Google search.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, is it legit? I'm sure it's legit. I mean, I've, I've heard it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that doesn't make it legit, though, just because I've heard it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so th- this one, they
0: just use, like, giant um, – like tidbits. I, I do not trust articles that's like 10 reasons why or 10. That's a list of 10. Yeah. I don't trust those
1: at all. Yeah. Just coincidentally, the yeah. facts lined up with <laughs> our <Ten> hu-
0: exactly
1: <laughs> human attention span.
0: <laughs> like, oh, great.
1: Yeah. It's easy to consume. And it's just like. We a, just love lists for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So I'm reading all this stuff and there's just like s- silly things like. 15 Red Cross emergency vehicles were reassigned for PR purposes after a Superstorm Sandy. I was like, okay. 35,000 Danishes thrown out because the Red Cross didn't know where to deliver them.
0: Wow. All those Danishes? They just threw them out. Danishes? Yeah. (laughs) It's just oddly specific. Yeah. And then... Oh, man, those (laughs) poor people in Denmark can't get those danishes, man.
1: Yeah, this was such a clickbait article because one of the things that was controversial is that they gave supply meals, uh, like the Meals on Wheels kind of thing, that included pork to Jewish retirement homes. Oh, my (laughs) God. They gave them pork? (laughs) How dare they? Red Cross.
0: Oh, man. You know, the the poor will be with you always. Like, how do we... How do we accept that fact, you know? I mean, that doesn't mean we can just, like, not do anything and not be charitable.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus gave the parable, and actually, it's, like, kind of like perfect timing. Because I went over this with our um, junior high class <laughs> um, about how that Jesus spoken the parable like when you saw um, mm-hmm. those that were uh, naked and you didn't clothe them or those that are thirsty mm-hmm. and and those that were hungry you did not feed them mm-hmm. you know and as much as you did it to them you did it to me right or you didn't do it to them conversely yeah. right yeah so I mean the, it's it's a call out saying that these are things that should be spoken of of Christians yeah. Right, those who follow Christ but there is also on that same coin that um, not everyone is going to have that same level of um, needs cared for mm-hmm. or needs met I mean do you agree or, or just because that's kind of my my philosophy and uh, you know, like I said I'm just Some guy in his 20s, like, you know, there's obviously a lot of of life that I still have to learn. But, um, you know, I just don't think that we can ever get to the place where in society everyone has the same level of all their needs met.
0: No, that's impossible, man. You know, it's just impossible.
1: One of the interesting things, too, that I thought was that some people are more comfortable are are comfortable in different phases of our different um, conditions of life, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the whole American dream notion is that we've been brought up to believe that we're, we, we've not made it unless we've achieved certain things. We have a certain level of wealth, we have a certain level amount of things mm-hmm. that we own and if you don't have those things then something's wrong right but then you talk to some people like there's there's i always find it really interesting these stories of um people that go out and live on the land right Mm -hmm. like they just they they leave their corporate job they were like some you know fancy uh, lawyer or attorney that was making millions of dollars and all of a sudden they just turned they they turned everything in and just went out and started living in like in a camper or something and people are like he's nuts he's crazy right or um, just recently saw a video about a guy who worked out like a Tesla uh, he was like a Tesla engineer or something and he went and bought a Tesla Model X and then sold everything he had and began to live in his Tesla um, and but he said that he loved it because he would just drive everywhere and park it at these like pristine spots, and I was like, "Well, I mean, to each their own." But he's, uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's different satisfied. strokes for different folks. Yeah. Granted, that Tesla cost <laughs> quite a bit. So, it cost as much as a house. Yeah, just about. Did you ever get to ride one? I did. Oh man, it was nice. So I was being pr- I was being pragmatic. Like I, I everyone goes and they're like, "I want to drive the most." luxurious sporty one they've got, like the Model S. And I was like, well, if I were ever to be able to obtain a Tesla, I would get the Model 3, which is like the cheapest one they have. So I drove it just considering like, you know, what would it be like? And um, it's really nice. Mm. It's comfortable. I mean, it's not like super impressive interior wise, but just the things that you can do with it as far as like it's self-parking, the... I test out the autonomous driving, which we're not there yet, but it was cool that you could let your hands off the wheel for a brief moment. And it just like, you know, if you turn, you hit the turn signal, it the car goes where you tell it to turn. And it waits till it's safe. But anyways, off on a tangent.
0: <laughs> well... Yeah, you I'm know, just sitting here trying to change the world, trying to figure out <laughs> what we need to do to help the poor you know that's what we do on the after church podcast that's our get, that's our goal man solve yeah. the world's problems
1: yeah I like this Andrew yang candidate because uh we share the same name, so mm. um Andrew It's pretty cut and clear that I, I need to vote for him yeah. Just on that <laughs> oh, man. I know a lot of people are going to rain down on me for that comment. I'm just joking, guys.
0: Man, I don't know if I vote for anyone this next election.
1: If it's not Obama, I'm not <laughs> voting.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to get into all that today. We should probably bring someone else on that follows that a little bit more, but...
1: Yeah, I've never been a big – I've never been big on politics. And I I really hate talking about it if I can avoid it because people love – like that's the crazy thing Mm -hmm. is I'll talk to people at work and one way or another Mm -hmm. it'll get slanted into, Mm -hmm. you know, some controversy and then, well, what do you support? Or especially because, like, Trump's in office. Um, Like every conversation becomes this, like, caustic thing because it's like it somehow comes back to something he did. I'm like, you know, or said. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, I agree. He's not a great guy. No. But that's not what we're talking about.
0: And I don't think anybody who looks in the mirror and says, I deserve to be the president of the United States. I don't know if any of them are necessarily great people. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to have some sort of narcissism to uh, feel like you can be a president. Yeah, and then it's no—it's not really a sense of duty anymore. It's a stepping stone. It's a—you uh, become president, and then you start a foundation, and then you get a giant book deal, and then you get—you give speeches everywhere, and mm, a quarter million per thirty-minute speech. Yeah, but dude, Harry Truman—he got paid. I think after he lost the election to Eisenhower, he literally just went back to his farm in Missouri and got paid the same, got paid a pension, like a VA pension from the military. Let me figure out how much that was. Oh, wow. Um, That's a real dude, man. um,
1: History buff here, guys, by the way.
0: So... um, I think he actually inspired the law a federal law that uh increased the lifetime benefits for former presidents. He w- literally went back to his farm and just carried on business carried on with his life with a small pension um, and I honestly kind of missed that I miss the whole i miss it's not like I've ever. Exp- it's not like I experienced the true. Oh, miss the good old days. <laughs> but I wish. I wish the president would just go back home and be quiet. Yeah, I want to hear um, any
1: words, mouth sounds from your face. Yeah, um, quit it.
0: <laughs> I especially would hope Trump would do that, but he's not going to.
1: Didn't he? Isn't isn't he not accepting his like presidential income or something?
0: Oh yeah, he's not. They get paid like 400k, I think. That's the presidential salary. That's a good chunk of coin. Um,
1: Can I be president? Yeah. How old do you have to be? Like 41. 35. Or 35. Or yeah. All right, guys. This is early. Um, uh, <laughs> presidential early <announcement. laughs> yeah. Uh
0: Announce ahead of time. Yeah.
1: Would they ever? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's four hundred thousand now. Would they ever elect someone named Andrew De La Rosa? It's like not a very American
0: name. Who knows, man?
1: doesn't even go together. I always thought that was kind of strange. We
0: did did elect uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama.
1: There was a meme about um, (laughs) they had merged Obama with Yoda and made (laughs) Yo-bama. Oh,
0: my
1: God. It's like out for the Obama, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, um yeah man it's an interesting concept though when co- coming going back to the um universal because bak- bak- what we started
0: this show on yeah and just got all deep and stuff
1: yeah me personally <laughs> yeah i don't know that's just what happens when you when you tune into the after church podcast when you, you get, don't know
0: what's gonna happen yeah. man it's just,
1: yeah, it's just chaotic. I don't it's even crazy. know why I titled the episodes anymore. Cause oh. It says episode, what are we on now? Uh, let me look. While well, you look that up, <laughs> UBI, like selfishly, I think, and 19. I think a lot of people were at episode 19. So this would be 19 or 20. Yeah. This would be 19?
0: 19. 19.
1: Yeah. But. I, I just like the idea. Like uh, on, on just face value, when you hear that, you're like, "Ooh, that'd be nice to have a thousand dollars in my pocket," but
0: um, you got to think about all the logistics and, yeah. and how how things work. You know, nobody looks into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think, and I'm sure Andrew Yang's lo- looked into stuff. And and frankly, I've listened to. I listened to him talk, and he actually brought up some interesting things, and he talked about basically how it would replace our welfare system as we know it today. Just let let
1: people decide how to
0: divvy their own welfare. Exactly. Exactly. And and I I do think the government has some role in providing a safety net and helping people who can't help themselves. I think that's fine. Yeah, but what about the wealthy?
1: I think if you make a, above a certain amount, you're like, pfft, you don't get nothing.
0: Well, I I mean, you got Bill Gates that's basically just giving away <laughs> most of his wealth. Um, that's his whole you career. You actually. got you got Warren Buffett that said he's giving his wealth away um, to charity. He's not giving it to his family. He's only giving it a small amount to his family so they could work for their wealth, just like he did, which is totally great. I think that's. It would suck to be.
1: Awesome. (laughs) To be one of his descendants. Descendants. Why do I say it like that? Anyways.
0: (laughs) One of his children. or Grandchildren.
1: Yeah, you get nothing, boy. No, no.
0: They get get something, but not. All of it. Not his entire net worth. Yeah, well. Like, just enough to what they need but still allowing allowing room to be able to work for it, you know what i mean?
1: I'm sure it's sizable. But it, it like uh, the problem that all these billionaires are getting into now is that there's not enough um there's not enough things to buy <laughs> with all that money, dude. That you you could out you could outlive. You can never outlive your money. Your money would at so many billions of dollars, it would yeah. course through like three or four generations. Before a dent would even be taken out on it, <laughs> that's what's so ridiculous about it is like uh, I remember hearing a comedian talking about how much money Bill Gates has. Yeah, that if he were to drop twenty or like two hundred dollars, uh-huh. he just had it in his suit co- suit uh, jacket and it fell on the ground because of the how much money he earns per like second. <laughs> it would cost him more money to <laughs> go down and pick it up. The money, it would be better for him just to leave it and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it's too expensive to pick it up. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, ah oh, dropped another two
0: hundred bucks. I I'm out. <laughs> just leave it there. I do uh I, I do think there is a line. I'm just like where it, it becomes just like straight up ridiculous. Yeah. But I do think these billionaires actually like what they do, though, is instead of using their money for, like, whatever, buying stuff, they buy influence everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they got an unlimited amount of money so they can buy off politicians and buy off all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's concerning.
1: I used to really look at, um, just because I'm in the tech world, I looked at Jeff Bezos kind of in high regard because it's like, He's the epitome of all what any tech entrepreneur would want to aspire to be. Yeah. And, and but then there's all this stuff that's coming to light of all these like practices that he, he did to get to where he is now. Mm. And I'm not saying like overall, he's like a bad individual. I can't make that judgment, but I read some stuff that was really um, shocking, like how he undercut a lot of businesses. um, The way that he, his business model with Amazon, um, how it, it, it really hurt the retail industry, and it was like purposefully done. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an example where there was some online retailer that they had—they um, were basically selling uh, baby supplies. <laughs> uh, I think it was like BabyDiapers.com or something like that. And Amazon wanted to buy them out so that they could be the baby diaper baby diaper supplier. <laughs> and they didn't want to b- be bought out, right? Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, you want to protect your company, and it, it does fairly well. Mm -hmm. so what amazon did is they sold the competing product at like far less like underselling their product to where they couldn't compete and eventually they went bankrupt and then they bought the rest of their assets and then now you know no one questions it because it's like oh it's super convenient i can get baby diapers for super cheap and delivered in two days it's like um
0: oh man what do you do about that (laughs) I think you just you have to have a level of ruthlessness to attain that much wealth. Um, I think it it's hard to be good and great at the same time. Like Jeff Bezos is a great man, but good man. That's I mean that's I can't really judge that obviously, but think he's just like i don't know if great people great men in history are necessarily good
1: no i mean they'll be remembered and that's probably their end goal but yeah i, I but thought they're it was not good yeah. like
0: alexander the great is not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> by no means man. <laughs> yeah. um and what's crazy is um there's actually books out there about alexander the great that kind of paints him as like adolf hitler of his time, oh God gosh, um, and it kind of poses the question: Will Adolf Hitler become Adolf the Great in like thousands of years? <laughs> oh gosh, that's an interesting thought, right? Mm, I hope. Well, hopefully. well, somewhere along the line, we lose the uh, the sense of evil for people, and it just becomes like, oh wow, they did something awesome, like Genghis Khan, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, the way that we look back on it yeah, is interesting. It's
0: just Julius Caesar. Not a good guy. (laughs) Like, none of the people that achieve the most and are remembered in history tend to not be good most of the time. Good guys finish last, man. Uh, But, I mean, that's... I mean, we got eternity on our side, so that's good.
1: Yeah, that's more... I, I would say... I would just say, arguably, way more valuable. I'm or maybe, saying.
0: or is that, or is that society's way of manipulating nice guys to remain nice, and never achieve anything uh, by convincing them that they'll make it to an afterlife? You're right.
1: I'll be Jeff Bezos. All right, I got it. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Hey, dude. Hey, Bishop. Prophesy, there's gonna be millionaires in the church. And like I'm kind of operating in the attitude like, why not me, you know? Why not me? Might as well try to do yeah. it. Yeah. Why not? Um
1: but uh. Yeah, and I think and, and here's the thing too. <laughs> I I think what people need to like evaluate about themselves is remove your um, preconceived notions of like what satisfaction and happiness is based off what you've seen all around you right Mm -hmm. and i mean even going further than just like the magazine counter at the grocery store and billboards you see but like just like what you have always internally dreamt of as as what you need to be happy Mm -hmm. and then really consider like is that is is that what you need? Is, is that really mm. gonna is that really going to fulfill that mm-hmm. innermost, yeah. you know, want? And I think
0: that people don't do that enough. I'd venture to say there are quite a few poor people that are happier than we are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, go to, and that's the thing too. I really wish I was able to go with them to Paraguay. Paraguay. Paraguay, or I don't know. Because, for some reason third world countries just are more content or people in third world countries are more content, especially when they're uh you know christian and you know they the the church services that they have in third world countries you know without a c no flooring, no windows, and they're just f- happy to be there, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, there's this new thing that's coming out. Um, oh, I think that was, like, the... I don't know what that was. I got mm. some appliances going off. Sorry, mm. guys. Um, but I actually saw this maybe about a year or two ago that, like, these big um, players in these companies were, like, leaving their jobs because of the stress. Like, they're carrying out, like... You know, exaggerating, of course, but like 80, 80 hours a week, you know, just like tirelessly and endlessly working their lives for that paycheck they were getting. Um, and then they were all of a sudden just leaving their jobs and, you know, living on the bare minimum. And they call it minimalism. Oh, yeah. And so now you have a lot of people that are doing this where they're just like, their houses are very minimally furnished they only intend to make so much and they spend the rest of their you know the day that they free themselves from investing in in company mm-hmm. uh, activities to just doing what they want mm-hmm. and like they say that they're so much more fulfilled doing that than they are having the paycheck and being able to drive back and forth from work in you know a a, a luxury sports car or something you know yeah so i think people have to really look at themselves and say you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: what what is it what is that for me and is it even like biblically as a Christian like is it biblically, biblically founded because I think a lot of people are just like you know it I've I always especially with mega churches um, you see them like living like that's the ideal like I want to be a and, and I'm saying I but I mean like this is a probably a common thought but if I want to be a, a, a Christian I want to be the one in the most um, optimal privileged position that could still say that they're a Christian mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and not have to have worry about you know distress or not having their needs met because there's like these big mega church pastors like one in particular I remember was under some scrutiny because he bought his wife a Lamborghini Urus for her birthday. Mm. <laughs> and they're like, "Where does he get that money?" He's like, "Well, he makes that much because you you all go you to give his church." Give him money.
0: Yeah. It's all those it's all those sound bites on Facebook yeah. that everybody likes and shares. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he legitimately made that money and <laughs> I guess he would have the right to buy whatever he wants for his wife. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and he came out to like saying you know he had book deals and he had like some other issues like he had actually done legitimate work to earn that money um but then that goes to question too like can ministers be like extremely wealthy
0: (laughs) i don't know it's like jesus said um and i agree with his statement too (laughs) um It's easier for a rich man. It's easier for a camel to walk through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to make it to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you could take that whatever you want, literally, metaphorically. It's just stinking hard. Um, Yes. And there's a variety of reasons for it. Um, I guess most of the time, people can't handle that much money. I mean, how can you say you need God if you've got all of that? How, like, if you don't have any needs, then how can you minister from a place of empathy? Like, I understand your needs. Like, yeah. Uh, and people are going to be chasing you for your money and not for God. Yeah. Um, and plus, you're you're probably going to have evil spoken of you regardless of even if you're the most charitable person ever and you're doing exactly everything God wants you to do with billions of dollars and you're you're in your perfection you're like job or you're like you know you're doing everything right you're still going to get accused of of uh mismanaging your money and and not helping people and
1: yeah and i think that's the biggest thing you yeah, um, have that when people really think about why they want money or why they want resources mm-hmm. it's like ultimately it comes down to it just, it's just that's the human nature part of us yeah. wants things you know mm-hmm. and, and it's it natural I mean we live in this consumerist world and it's natural to look and see like oh yeah I would really like to have that giant you know McMansion yeah. Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> what absolutely. is
0: a McMansion? You want to make it the a one home. that Ronald McDonald is like a butler at? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> no, have you not heard of these McMansions? It's all like these uh, weird, oddly placed. Like it's a, this new phenomenon in architecture. Justin probably could tell you about it. I <laughs> think he, I think he vocalized that he hates that. Um, but basically, rich people make like semi-mansions. And so they have these weird placements and you have these weird parts of the house that jut out. It's not like a natural looking home because it's to satisfy like, well, I need this much square footage. And, you know, I want these kind of rooms and they have the money to dictate what they want, but it doesn't come out looking like anything you've ever seen. It's just like part uh, French Chateau, (laughs) part, you know, (laughs) American suburb house. This is
0: Victorian era room. And then here is modern room and here is a yeah. town home room
1: exactly yeah so you that's have pillars amazing. at the front door and then there's a look you got like,
0: like eras <laughs> in your house
1: yeah so um yeah like that's what people want and we've gotten to a whole um we've just gotten to the point where we're just inundated with this already and, and people are clearly not happy with that there's there's still more that that they want but anyways I digress.
0: Yeah, but I guess a good way to end it. I've, mention, I've referenced the scripture before, um, but just to give context. Ooh, scripture. Yeah, Bible time. <laughs> woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, now all Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfume. I should have, like, an accent. Make this like an audio book. Mm. Mm. Now, while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfumed oil, and she poured it on his head as he was at the table. I don't like that voice. <laughs> I should use a different voice. I, I
1: was like, I was about to do the ding the turn page, but this is more like an audio book.
0: I'm going for audio book. Ding! Turn Um, page. When the disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, why this waste? Referring to the alabaster jar. It could have been sold at a high price in the money given to the poor. When Jesus learned of this, he said to them, why are you bothering this woman? (laughs) She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm. You lost your accent towards the end, by the way, but it's all good. You gave up. I couldn't commit to it. But yeah, solid, solid scripture there
0: for you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Yeah. Wow. Mm.
1: After thinking about all, or talking about all that we
0: talked about. It makes the whole conversation kind
1: of meaningless, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta have to like munch on those words and be like, oh,
0: wow. <laughs> like, uh, that's Jesus a definitive that statement. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. Well, we've tried to change the world today, and um, <laughs> probably I not going to be successful. But uh, I was going to say, I, oh. I felt like we made a difference. Made a difference, yeah. Yeah. So many people's lives have changed. Hmm. Yes. In these uh, what couple hours? Absolutely, I feel like there's a, the sun.
1: Look at this. The sun just came out. It's shining brightly. Oh man, it's beautiful. Jesus
0: it's obviously just gave the, us a sign. Yeah, right it's now. it's a sign, folks. <laughs> all right guys um hope you enjoy this episode uh we need y'all to keep promoting this to everyone you know um yeah we appreciate the support that we've been getting from y'all um keep dming us um i got a dm from someone who listened to an episode and you know Told told me just how much like my story or like something we said helped them, you know. We like getting that feedback. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know if you want something to be talked about. Let us know if you want to come on here. You know, people have DM'd us and we've had them on. Look at Trevor Delano, the last episode we had. That was a really fun episode, by yeah. the way,
1: and really enjoyed the conversation with Trevor. So. Yeah.
0: Dude, if you DM us, cool things can happen. <laughs> all right.
1: Yeah, and then I second <laughs> that, man. Just appreciate all the comments that we've been we've been getting, and I've been hearing back from you guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and, um, and hopefully you're you're continuing to enjoy everything that we're putting yeah. out. Um, but yeah, it would be really well appreciated if you just share this mm-hmm. with a friend and just say, hey, look, this is something that. I th- I enjoyed, and I think you might enjoy as well.
0: And hopefully, it sparks conversations with y'all, uh, you and your friends, and stuff like that. Um, but keep uh, keep listening. We're we're we we've got some things cooking, and uh, hope you have a good day. Have a good uh, spring, or I mean, <laughs> as if we're gonna, as if we're only coming back like in the summer or the fall or something like that. We're going to hibernation or like (laughs) 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 we'll see you next year but uh yeah have a good day definitely pray for the poor pray for uh, the weak and the needy Mm. and pray for God to reveal to you what you can do to change their situations Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I feel Jesus. Oh. Woof. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Man. We're done.
1: All right. See you guys.
0: <laughs> hey, guys. Hope you liked the episode. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that we appreciate your support, and you can support us even more by liking our Facebook page, following us on Instagram, uh, sharing us to all of your friends, and making sure they know that they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We would appreciate if you all rate us and review us on those platforms. And if you want to be a guest on our show or if you want a specific topic to be talked about on our show, feel free to email us on theafterchurchpodcast at gmail.com.